Go off around here. Figure that out. Oh, I, I, I want to notice. Sophie, may I uh, just mention that uh, we're hitting a resistance of 100 followers? Holy shit, that's very nice. <laughs> hitting resistance. Yeah, it's at, we are at 95 followers. We're hitting resistance at 100. We need to <laughs> celebrate soon. Yeah. Funny stuff. I would get uh, very upset if suddenly like 10 people unfollow. Like that, that would actually ruin my day. <laughs> I don't think anyone really does a whole lot of unfollowing. It's not worth the time. Nah, we have like more or less organic people, like from uh, spaces and communities. A few here and there, a few guys who are following only for the uh, giveaway, but now, it's not too extreme. Up, how did you wind up getting like heavy into this UFO thing? Is it like you love the idea? You love it? You love the? Um, well, I love the idea in general, like, uh, like, I guess you as well, Bruce, I can tell he's a lot into UFOs. He sounds like a person who is, but it was during this summer that things started to frustrate me when there was this weird story about, uh, Peru, uh, uh, aliens in, uh, Peru, uh, forests and Amazonian forests. So there were some indigenous tribes who got, attacked by these weird creatures that they were shooting like there's even was on film that they're shooting them with guns and they're fine and supposedly they try to kidnap people they and they try to peel off faces so like they were called peel uh, face peelers who was uh, the, because the aborigines uh, or the, the, the aliens the, 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 yeah they were calling these aliens uh, face peelers because supposedly okay. they tried to like kidnap people and peel off their faces with knives right and the problem was is that you know these are yeah, I can see <laughs> jungle there, people. Yeah, it's one, pro- yeah, one yeah. of the problems. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's a lot of problems because there's, these jungle people are calling the police. So at some point, police and military started uh, getting involved, and the only articles who uh, wrote about this was some dodgy, you know, not even TMZ level, but lower. They wrote an article about it, and someone got interviewed from the village. And every other news uh, media, uh, if they reported it, which not much did, they just copy-pasted the first article. So no one really went there and said, hey, let's check this out. Probably it's bullshit, but at least we can figure out, you know, whether it's... uh, Eventually, they think that maybe it's cartel, but there's multiple reasons. One of them could be cartel, another one uh, with their drug basis, another one could be the miners, with uh, who are illegally mining, or the city cannot take up certain resources because there's indigenous tribes, or you know you have actual uh, face peelers. So what could have been done at that point? Actually, fund a so team, like fund a team, and go, to go there, there and check this out. Investigate, yeah. And so you check this out, investigate, then everyone knows what actually is happening. You do prop, you do proper footage, you actually investigate, and then you can release the content. And of course, if you want to make it sustainable, monetize the content so, uh, through all of these. Yeah, you but know, who's, Twitch, who's qualified TikTok. to do this? Like this investigative journalism, is it? Like- yeah. So, so it, actually, that would be voted on. So either you hire a professional. So it wouldn't be, you know, that's just a random dude from the DAO. It just takes off his iPhone and runs off, you know? I'll do it. it you would... can my, my trips to these places. Yeah, yeah. So it's like someone said, ah, oh, so it's like a holiday. I was like, yeah, but if you're actually an investigative journalist, it's not a holiday. You have a thing to, and also that's a bit dangerous because any, like, there's like, people shooting. Language. I don't know any Aboriginal language in this shit, so I don't know. That's also interesting. You would need to uh, probably interpreter as well. 
right? So you have a journalist, uh, you have an, uh, someone who's filming, and you have an interpreter. So that's already like some cost with traveling. Uh, it costs a little bit, but at least you go there. You figure out what's happening. If it's bullshit, which is a high probability, at least you know within a week or two that is bullshit. But there you spent two months, everyone will spend two months waiting for any more information. And then eventually the Daily Mail says, well, it was probably miners with the jetpacks. And then one's like, okay, uh, right. maybe. But the, do you have anything? Like, it's a viable theory. Do you have anything to back it up? No, but it makes sense. Let's move on. And you're sitting there thinking, like, okay, what the hell? Like, uh, this could have been found out within two weeks if people decide to uh, fund it, find someone to do it, properly monetize the content, because you would have all of these, you know, the, the Twitter is paying now, Patreon, uh, you can do it even with Twitch, you can do YouTube, uh, you can resell the materials because if news media wants to report on it, they need to pay you money on that. So you can also make it in such a way that not only you investigate what you really want to find out in that particular topic, but you can also uh, make money on it, put it back to treasury, grow the treasury, and also reward everyone who's participating. And there's like, this is just one out of many events, you know, the same with the Peru mummies and DNA sampling. So many things that people are afraid <laughs> to investigate because it's such a fringe and crazy topic, but you can do it. And if you have the resources, you can even make money on that. So something you're passionate about, something that there is a niche and a need in the market, and it can bring money back. So I think that's cool. That's pretty much it. Hmm. Did that answer your question? Who's going to be the teams that you that like? Does someone can actually apply like for a job? Uh, we didn't start. So we have three core members that have been investigating all the commercial, legal, administrative aspects because, you know, how whether security, non-security, which countries to register, how to start it up, networking with all the communities. Uh, we will have a voting mechanism and we will most likely also have uh, looking into uh, elected uh, representatives. So not necessarily that everyone votes, but you can delegate your votes and then you have people. So th these are just two, two options. Either everyone puts in a vote or you have uh, elected representatives that you allocate your votes or so delegate your votes to them. Uh, as for team, well, you now need, the like, you, you, like, look, you're trying to basically find like, you know, rich people interested in aliens or what? Like, how do you get No, not necessarily together? rich. I mean, uh, the entry points, uh, there's so we didn't fill up that much. We filled, we're planning to fill in uh, 2,000 spots so people can have multiple spots. Uh, uh, we filled in slightly over 200. Now it's maybe about 250. Uh, team uh, and partners paid for the first 152 spots. So that was back from starting from September because we started entering people around Christmas. So initial expenses were covered by the team because we thought, okay, if this takes off, cool. We can bear the expenses. If this doesn't work, you know, people can get just refunded. And no, we don't, didn't even allow anyone to put in money in it. Uh, so, yeah, we're also going to limit with regards to the tickets, right? So we have people who have up to 20 spots or 20 votes. One spot is now ongoing with a 500 USDT. Uh, and we had these three discussions. Well, one of them was an actual VC uh other two they call themselves vc very aggressively <laughs> in the call but uh, it was more like a, a discord server with a lot of people and a lot of pull of fi financial pull 
Uh, but they're not a VC. They, I don't think they're registered or they will ever be registered. I'm pretty sure that money comes from God knows where. But we're going to limit how many tickets they can do right now. And at this point in time, we discussed that we don't want anyone with more than 50 uh, spots out of 2,000. So what's the Later. most popular like, <clears throat> like alien investigation right now that people want to do? Like what's the... What's the most controversial so, one? So, so we were looking into the Peru mummies, right? So we, I think we also discussed that we're in uh, summer. Uh, they uh, found out that the, that known scammer from Mexico stole mummies <laughs> from some underground uh, caves. And then he said, ah, these are, these are aliens. Uh, these are aliens. And then uh, someone said, well, you're a known scammer, so probably this is bullshit. And then eventually someone did the DNA testing in a lab. And they found out that, okay, this is a bit inconclusive. What can we do next? And up till now, uh, now we there was like a, a AV Loeb and a few other scientists from US with big credentials that took, took it on. But in between, let's say, September and December, there was a vacuum as well. Uh, so we were like talking with universities and stuff like that. Who wants to do this? Because, of course, it can be funded. But so it needs with proper credentials because there was uh, a group of guys from Mexico who did it. But, you know, it, Mexico, in the eyes of Western Europe or U.S., they say, ah, we don't really trust these guys. So you would need to do a replicable study from other universities uh, that are being considered with better credentials. So that was another like controversial thing. And up till now, it's inconclusive. Like, no one says that it's legit. No one says that uh, there was a lot of th- people who immediately said it's fake. But, you know, it, until you can say it's legit or fake, you need to actually figure it out. And this is what I really don't like in the space, that someone sees something, hears something, you know, and then immediately there's either zero or a hundred instead of like, hey, let's check into the the facts and the claims. So that's, I think there's a lot of niche to fill this in right now. And it's the very first community that does it. Okay. Interesting. Should be a. They're not gonna lie. A lot of crazies as well in this space. Like. Oh yeah. For sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of. Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of people with like just various levels of actual paranoid schizophrenia and such involved. So anytime you're in like a UFO space, it's always entertaining. Oh, today I already got muted by the host uh, who said like uh, I, that I am putting words in his mouth when I just repeated the same sentence he said like 10 seconds ago. I was like, okay. And then I asked like, uh, do you know something that other people do not? Because you claim everything with such confidence. You ridicule people with other viewpoints uh, as if you know something or you, you, know, you have actual direct alien contact or something in, in that line. And he said, well, some people have access to one information. Some people have access to much more information. When I asked him, do you claim that you know have access to much more information than everyone else? I'm not going to answer that question. And then he just mutes me and it removes from uh, speakers. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's the level of, I have a girlfriend, but she goes to another school type of reasoning. And then, it, like, come on, dude, you're an adult. You're 40, 50 years old. You're so passionate about the topic, but you discuss the level of an eight-year-old in a primary school with a juice box in the sands, you know, and like a chip stays on your shirt. Yeah, yeah. And that's there's annoying. Plenty of, there's plenty of, like, yeah, ridiculousness, too. It's hard to get away from it. Wow. It's also it's also very some fun discussions like the the communities that actually you know they they were afraid of talking about this and they eventually feel that they uh, their introverted personalities can blossom and then they have someone to talk about it with actual interest. These are like 
very nice guys. I, I guess it's this uh, the, the spaces that you and Bruce do, they're kind of relatable in that sense. That uh, some people who can really o- open up and say some things that usually they would never do, you know? Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> mm. Yeah, I think like, uh, yeah, with Twitter spaces, like over time, you tend to like, um, yeah, like I think get folks that are smart about the subjects involved. But um, yeah, the the UFO space are very funny. I, 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 some people start ranting very aggressively, and then you you can just turn it off, come back after an hour, turn it on again, and the guy still is going on the same, pretty much same five sentences, but in uh, using you know synonyms. And, and, and then you realize, like, oh, my God, dude, like, <laughs> lay it off for a little bit. Like, it's, it's just not going anywhere. But they still have a lot of listeners. There's still people tuning in. You know, it feels like GTA radio uh, when it's just almost AI-generated nonsense, but just keeps going with passion. Okay. Hold up a second. I need to, someone messaging me something. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. What else is happening? I need to figure out, like, I opened my exchange thing to see if I want to grab anything today. <laughs> These days should not usually be ignored. A day to catch a good entry, right? Yeah, at least a little bit. Just looking to see what's sort of dipped the most, so to speak. Tia doesn't care, I see. Oh, is it holding up? No, it's going straight up. Oh, is it? Let's see here. I'm curious how often in these situations it's someone who has uh, uh, hedged positions and everything you know is going down and one one thing just starts rallying just mostly because his bags got wrecked and he was close the shorts of a certain position were getting closed because yeah, someone was, was posting just, he was just uh, revisiting its prior um, high again of 17 bucks there was someone, uh, I think it's Simple Life, if I'm not mistaken. His uh, account is private, uh, but he's like a tape reader. So usually he tracks big entries in certain positions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And a couple of days ago, he said, okay, this guy, there was like a big dip to nine. And then that guy was shorting it, like over $20 million position shorted. And he was already underwater very hard. He shorted it at 12 and it was already 14, 16. And the guy was trying to exit it slowly, you know, like with uh, T-whopping the whole day, trying to catch better entries to exit it. So it also wouldn't be surprising in situations like this, that guy could have been short on that, you know, 20 million, longed everything else. And then when his whole margin is getting destroyed, everything's getting closed. So also sending a certain thing up so much. Interesting. Trying to make, they're trying to make life-changing money all at once. Or something weird. <laughs> um, hmm. Might not sure. Maybe I'll add to. Not sure if I want to add to Solana at ninety five or not. It still hasn't reached its like, um, like fifty day moving average kind of number yet, which is like eighty three. But two hundred day for Solana is at forty one though. So there's a lot of air. There's kind of a lot of air down up there, <laughs> down below. With no real sort of support of any kind. Um, I don't know. <clears throat> at the same time, it's like it's one of those with a high probability of reaching prior high, which is a two fifty. So, um, 
probably not a bad gamble, so long as you're willing to hold for a while. I think what I'm going to do with it is um, I'm going to basically just so I bought Solana. I'm down like 11%. I'm just going to top off my position here. I'm just going to add that 11% back to sort of like bring my position to a uh, just add a little bit here. Do that real quick here. Add a little bit here. Um, <clears throat> not doing too much, just kind of taking advantage of the situation here a little bit. If it put, if Solana puts in a higher low here, though, because it put an $85 and $85 drop on the previous dips, like January 8th and January 3rd, if it puts in a higher low here, um, uh, I think it's going to, Perform really well after that. Um, yeah. Okay. So I got my position sort of topped off here. Add, added just ten percent to it. Whatever ten percent I was down, I added that in. So I didn't go very heavy here. It's not low enough to go aggressive, I would say. Um, like I'm kind of late to the Solana game to some extent. I'm just getting it because like the chart looks decent, but <laughs> that's about it. Um, yeah, like, like this Litecoin dip, it's back to an acceptable level two, right at 73. We were talking about that earlier. So it, it went to 77, dropped to 73 just now during this dip. Um, that's looking acceptable as well. If anyone cares, I bought it at like 69, 69. So it's still in the green compared to BTC. <clears throat> so doing well, but, um, with this little pullback, I think it's not bad. Like I said before, it's LTC here is lower than the cost to mine, which makes it undervalued in my view. Um, even if one were to sell it a hundred, you'd still make like, you know, get close to, a, probably get close to 50% gain, no sweat on this one. Um, what else here? Akash is really dipping. It's like down to 279 already from high of 337. That's when I sold at like 315, 316 or something. Um, what else is good here? Kajira is good here. I wonder if I should swap a little Adam for it. Maybe. <laughs> um, That's like 408. Not bad. Let's see how much stuff I have. I was kind of holding out for a Zephyr um, to 17.59 right now, which is where I bought it last time. I was kind of holding out for maybe one last sort of capitulation, like if BTC drops or something. So I didn't want to kind of overdo that just yet mm. everything kind of did do its kind of nose dive didn't it chain links at 14.33 I picked up some yesterday at like or the day before yesterday like 14.20 maybe has such a clean consolidation though I think like 
Uh, if you can catch Link again, maybe like 13 bucks, that'd be a really good spot. It'd probably be the last position I would buy if I can get it at $13 again. And they just ride out the bull market with that, maybe. <clears throat> or maybe not, I don't know. Kajira is a good buy, though. Such a low market cap. Noob, are you getting anything right now or no? Mm, no. I, I don't think um, we get too much of a dip on, on the things that I'm interested in. So I got some stuff this morning and yeah. Yeah, it's a 17.6 at the moment. It's a good spot for that. I sold all my fetch actually. Sold which one? Fetch. You saw the fetch, yeah. yeah. Did you get it over, over 70 cents? Mm -hmm. A little bit. That's a, that's a good sell level. I, I can't remember when we bought it actually. It was like, um, I think it was when you mentioned it, I just was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's like 39 cents or so, right? Oh, 40 I cents? Think 40 something. I bought it a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was at thirty nine or something too. It wasn't it wasn't that early. I think it's it'll be fine again if we pick it up again at forty cents. Although I don't know, man. Like if it doesn't break straight to all time high here, then the question becomes like, is it going to this year and this season, or is like, are there better opportunities out there than this? I don't know. Well, it, like it, really hard to say. I'm just. It could definitely retest 40 cents again for fetch. And then it's 200 day moving average is only at 35 cents. So that's a, that's a strong magnet right there is that fib level. So yeah, if you can get it again at 39 cents, maybe, maybe. Yeah, and maybe well, get the same position we did last time. Don't, don't like put all of the money back in. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then just kind of, but um, ride it to however high it goes. I, I just look at this AI, AI narrative at the moment, and it's 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 like there's lawsuits and whatnot, right? It's like well, you know, it's Time Magazine and all this shit, right? So yeah, this I think the, the lawsuits and stuff. I don't think anyone cares. Like the public doesn't care about that stuff in terms of coin buying. Yeah, I'm just I'm just noticing that there's just a lot less AI discussion on Twitter, generally speaking. Right, like the like the in, initial enthusiasm about AI related topics has gone down, and that means the number of search hits for AI related crypto is going to go down too. It's just an automatic part of that kind of whatever Overton window thing or whatever. The attention's gone down, and then that's going to. Yeah, one thing that frustrates a lot of people is like the the I think it's the built in bias of of the AI. I mean, they they just put so many whatever you call it like safeguards in it right and it's not just a safeguard it's also like there's a tone it's like leftist whatever you know so there's a lot of people that just, just pissed off with it's, it's like some guy in, in just i think a week ago or something in germany figured out that um we have different parties it's not just like two major parties we have like five or six and one is far right right and he wanted to make something like a Superman figure with the letters of the party on the T-shirt. And it did that mm -hmm. for every party, but not mm -hmm. for the far right one, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> it was like, yeah, look at this shit, you know? It's just like what, <laughs> selling us something here, you know? <laughs> it's, it's biased, right? It's, it's really <clears throat> and, and I think that doesn't play well with people and on the long run. So anyway, so it's, it's just something I... I saw at least from the from the European side here, and then 
like the regulators here in Europe, they're like, they have nasty laws already in, in, in place, right? So they don't know how to apply them, but they, they built some framework here already. And they can just shut it down immediately if they want to, honestly. It's like uh, they prepared for that, actually. I don't know where this came from, but they prepared this legislation during the during COVID, during the lockdowns in 2020, and most of it what? is done. What legislation? I understand. For for AI, yeah, it's pretty oh, pretty the AI thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they put out a lot of laws on. It's not on a national level, so it's kind of vague because normally the the single countries here in the EU they still have to put it into national law. You can, so you can actually sue someone. But um, yeah, it's not far away. Put it that way, you know. They just need to push a couple of buttons and and um, there you go, you know. So yeah, it's a kind of an interesting thing how they actually anticipated all that weird i don't know uh, I'm, I'm, yeah anyway so uh, i think it, it'll just not be that interesting for a while they i play but it's definitely okay. gonna outperform quantum computing that's one thing for sure i think they just I'm not so much so bullish because there's very few mathematical use cases for quantum computing where it really outperforms regular computers, right? Yeah, so it's yeah, like, yeah. It's more it's more for science simulations and things more than anything. Yeah, it's very specific to to the math, right? It's, right. But it's still. I mean, I'm interested in it, but um, I don't. Think no, it's, it's, it's but for the for the fetch AI perspective, it's more just simply a function of. Uh, yeah public narrative that's yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's really like optimizing for search hits it has nothing to do with like any real use case like it's got the ai in the name that's enough you know? yeah it's just it's just bs it's just ais in the name and that's it like what's that stupid stock ticker that's got ai in the name the pump yeah c3 <laughs> c3.ai it's just so stupid I, I bought that and i like 3x my money earlier this last year um, and then, well, actually, it did fine after that. It actually it went higher after I sold it. Uh, but like, I'm like, I got my three X. I'm out of here. <laughs> you know, it's there's just, some advertisements on uh, like I bought it at five. I sold it at fifteen. It's now at twenty six. There's some advertisements on Twitter from C three A actually. Um, like it's like a oh we're we're doing the future of defense or something something. And there's like a picture of a jet plane. Uh, from some country it's just such bullshit like it doesn't even make <laughs> some random like the advertising probably has nothing to do with the reality at all it's just like they're just playing it like a meme coin i think yeah they just made so much money with their stock <laughs> so yeah they probably the stupid them. people exactly. buying our stocks right so just post something <laughs> yeah because it totally because they had the ai ticker and it ran on the open ai stuff and everyone's like oh i'm gonna buy the ai they, people just start looking up ai and like they'll go to their stock trading account and they'll type AI, right? And then AI ticker comes up and they're like, ooh, I'm going to buy some of this. And they just, it's just stupid shit. Do you remember we were talking about that? What was the name of the, uh, of the, of uh, Joe, right? With the Joe thing where, where he min where he pulled up that blockchain. It was the middle of the night here. And then everyone bought some Joe tokens, you know, and then. <laughs> oh, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for some reason. Joe, he, he. That's so we, we had this funny NFT thing, and we created, we spun up that Joe chain, um, Reese and uh, Joe and everybody. And then um, there's a Joe token on called on Trader Joe. Trader Joe's token on uh, Avalanche is um, 
like has the same ticker. So all of a sudden, when we started posting tons of stuff about Joe over and over and over again on Twitter, all of a sudden the Joe token uh, price oh, pumped. The moon. It's just like super weird, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely mooned um, as everyone just started pumping it. Um, it just shows you that like, uh, if you have enough people, a large enough group of people to shill a coin with a large enough audience on Twitter, um, you can pump a coin for sure. Because what happens is, is like the sentiment bots and stuff, they, they're looking for those. Um, yep, there's someone listening. Uh, yeah, there's like bots listening essentially and like highlighting, oh, look, there's social activity on this particular token. And they had the wrong token, but who cares? Like it pumped, it pumped that token either way. Because the Joe token wasn't something for sale. It was just some bullshit thing, right? We were just playing around. Um, but the Trader Joe token pumped. I just checked my miners for Zeph. I've got 5.5 Zeph now mined. Not bad. Um, at current price of like, I don't know, 18 bucks or whatever. That's $100 worth that I've mined so far. <laughs> so I've now like covered one motherboard or something. <laughs> So yeah, yeah it's, but, it's but it, that's the thing about proof of work, right? So it makes sense because it's like um, it's like if if, if this, this proof of stake, the whole you know the the whole thing is if if there's someone if there's a big fish, there's a pre mine. It's just like it's kind of this unfair game, right? And you, you don't have that in proof of work at all. Anyways, I'm not against proof of stake at all but there's some projects they just dump on the on the investors right so people are not aware of the top economics well, proof of work can too if you have pre pre mines and stuff yes yeah, yeah. yeah. so Definitely. and then early mining inflation can be high too so there's a lot of different um there's no like magic tokenomic that makes any particular chain perfect um, yeah. didn't solana have like hidden mints in secret when nobody paid attention to it as well really i'm not sure you mean there was, un, un, uh, uh, there was undisclosed few billion dollars worth of minting <laughs> something oh, really? those like, yeah that, that that was a big uh and well, it I was mean, like almost at the bottom when all of this came out and so you know it didn't have that much effect but yeah there was some uh sketchy reported uh total supply and and the way it happened is because i think they minted more there was a very very odd discrepancy but it was at the peak of when it was already dead so nothing didn't really budget. It helped it go back down lower until it was like what eight or nine, with uh, all this uh, scares of uh, FTX uh, gonna sell off their bags. But it wasn't essential in their movement. Hmm. If you have something like that announced now, obviously that would be affected much more because you know the prices would be much shaky. Yeah, judging by how some of these charts look, it. I mean, some of them like. Um, Zephyr getting pulled down with Bitcoin and some of these others, it almost looks like you'd need another month to sort of form a double bottom. Like if you just look at the shape of the chart, you just imagine what it like. You just imagine to yourself what would a good chart look like, and you go, okay, how long would it take to make that you know look that way? And you're ta probably talking about mid February by the time, or like February by the time you have a a chart that both bottoms out and then kind of like rises again and gets back to the previous like $25 level again. So yeah, anyway. And in the meantime, the 50 day moving average will come down some so that you'll, um, 
yeah, so things consolidating here. Let's see here. I don't know. Everything's already popping off already. Like we, we were talking about Neutron a second ago. It already went all the way back from like $1.29 to $1.38 again. So it's like a lot of volatility right now. Yeah, there's, we're getting close to a golden cross or a 50-day moving average crossing the 200 on uh, Litecoin 2. So if it stays above, um, if it can stay above eighty dollars, you'll you'll get a new cross on Litecoin, which um, is kind of very similar to the type of chaotic action that happened before the last bull market. Man, the happening years tend to be very volatile, though. So that's the warning to people: <laughs> if you think you won't get another deal somewhere. You probably will. Sometimes it's hard to um, it's hard to keep from pushing buttons because you feel too much FOMO or whatever. Anyway, if anyone else needs some like charts and aid levels on things like that, feel free to hop up. I'll I can pull them up real quick and check some fib levels or whatever you want for them. If you want to put some alarms in, um, good idea to have some kind of app where you set alarms for things at levels that you intend to fix things up. You're not working today? Not really. I've got a little bit of this and that I have to go do, but not nothing big. I was working like four weeks straight during the holidays through like Christmas, New Year's, whatever. So my partner has most of the duties. <laughs> So just can relax today. So it's basically just two guys running your department. Mm, at this point, yeah, mostly a couple of us. Just fine, fine, whatever. Yeah, it's hard to say what the charts will do over the next couple of days. You know, really don't know. I mean, overall, I'm not feeling too bearish on the, at least not on the US markets. You know, I, I don't know what Europe will do. This actually looks pretty bad over here. Honestly, we have some really detrimental numbers in real estate and whatnot in, in Germany. And it's, the, I think we're, by GDP, we are the third largest economy right now in the world. So, or maybe the fourth, who knows? It's, it's, it's not good. You know, I mean, we will back. A lot of this also depends on um, how you define, like, 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 what is your definition for an actual bull market? Yeah. And yeah. the interesting thing is, like, if you take the very bottom of the bear market as the beginning of the next bull market, which is probably a fair assessment, then um, you're basically talking about when kind of the 200-day moving average finally turns upward. Or some people look at like even longer moving average, like the 400 day or like, I'm sorry, the four year moving average. Uh, some people look at that as like absolute confirmation. The problem with waiting for that is you're very late into the, the move. So yeah, I'm not a fan can, of this. Like I'm more a fan of like. Hmm? 
you could basically hit the top when you see that thing starting to move. Really. Yeah, so it's so late that yeah, it's, it's such a lagging indicator. Um, BTC started doing. Um, it went flat on the 200-day moving average at about 19k. Um, it dipped to 16k, but then it ran back up quickly to 24, and then the the moving average at that point like started turning upwards on uh, March 15th, 2023. So March of last year, you had um, things started really begin climbing, but like from a price perspective. Um, the bottom was at like fifteen eight hundred, and that was in November of twenty twenty two. So you could argue we've already been in over a year of a bull market already. Um, some people, when they're thinking about bull market, they're thinking like when the moves are just ridiculously fast on everything, right? Like you know, BTC moves ten k in a week, and you know whatever, and it does so over and over again. And I'm not sure what the or or some people argue that like you know, have things gone fully parabolic um, yet? And currently BTC price action is not as parabolic as it was like, you know, at from like 12K to 37K, for example, in 2020. So there's like, it just really depends on how you, you know, how you, how you look at these things. But I, I think like happening to me is the marker of the beginning of a bull market, but in the past, happening years have been pretty flat, um, flat to just trickling up. So this whole year could be, you know, retracement, trickle up, the whole thing could be pretty boring. And then the year after happening is when you, really the drama really begins. And that's the reason why I felt like maybe this year things are going to be different because when everyone expects something, then things tend to be front run. And with ETF and everything else happening, I figured like this year would be the year that the happening gets a little bit more front run. And that was kind of playing my thesis of like going in heavier on my positions um, early, even though like we might have sideways or even downward action for the coming year. That was my theory. I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, or if we're going to have the usual shit where we have like sideways or dumping in the sort of Perry happening time period. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the FIP levels from the bottom to the last top, like from 68,000 down to 15 something where we bottomed, right? Mm -hmm. So we just, we are just about, uh, I mean, 50,000 is to 786 level, right? So we came up quite a bit, you know, and let's say some, some, some consolidation, some rejection around here is, is pre-programmed, but I, I could completely see that we swing a little bit higher before we go lower, you know, just to screw people. <laughs> you know, yeah, because... if, we, if we assume, yes, that the, if we assume the 15K, hold on, let me chart that again. Yeah, you're right. There, like if you use the, um, like 2022 and you feel like that's a sufficient enough confirmation of a new low, and that we're not going to go that low ever again, then yes, there there was a FIB level right at 50K, and we pretty much hit it. Just yeah. about, right? So, um, yeah, it's we've had pretty good like FIB confirmations. So there's two ways to draw FIBs. One is the previous cycle, because you have a low and a high really clearly defined. 
and then using the current cycle where you take the most recent top, the low. Um, take Zephyr, for example. Um, when you do fibs on Zephyr, are you going to pick the $15.40 level or whatever that was as its low? That depends. Like, I don't know. The price history is very short. We're only talking about like, you know, a couple of months or whatever. You could definitely still go lower than that still technically, right? So should you even draw any fibs yet? You could, but if you did, you have to redraw your fibs based on, you have to keep going, you have to keep dragging that thing all the way down um, to your to whatever your swing low finally ends up being. You can't just assume that um, like the current low is the absolute low, if that makes sense. Yeah. And with yeah. BTC though, there is a there is a 50K fib level and it's the last one if you use the 15.5 as the 15,500 as the bottom. 50,000 is the last level before all-time high. Yeah. You know, Sefi, there's, there's just one thing with the more volatile stuff where it's easier, I think, to actually see it because it moves just faster time-wise because we, we're always looking yeah, at static charts, but they're like, they're moving. Well, lower just... market caps will move faster. Yes. So what I'm what I'm trying to say here, or the point I'm trying to make is, if you draw fit levels, for example, on Zeph, if you go down from fifty two something to whatever the bottom at fifteen point eight or whatever. yeah, fifteen point eight, yeah, yeah, you can actually see how these other fit levels pretty nicely line up with they line up, yeah, the specs, and this is usually a pretty good confirmation that it's workable. And you know, want. the reason why they line up is because mathematically they tend to line up because whatever previous price action there was, like remember the like six dollars down to four or whatever when you draw those fibs out some of these levels line up too so the old action price action the old swing low to swing high has certain fibs the new swing high swing low has fibs and then some of them like that they have like a confluence where they're they're identical almost does that make sense yeah. so it's like this is why like almost no matter how you draw them to some extent the the, the price action sort of fits usually the way people yeah. trade what i'm trying to say is if, if you if you what i sometimes just do is like uh, you have this replay function right where you can actually crank it up or look at look at the chart in different time frames and just see it replay you actually get a feeling for how these coins kind of behave you know which is normally kind of difficult if you're just looking at the static charge so i you get some insights what some stuff is doing all the time and 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 it's it's interesting how differently some of these coins behave i haven't made any assumptions from that but it's just like it feels like there's a rhythm behind it you know <laughs> and uh, because if you see them if you see them uh, moving at a let's say at a, at a, at a time lapse speed you kind of get a some kind of um feeling for 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 the rhythm i i can't actually predict anything out of that but it it kind of gives you an idea okay this coin potentially could do that easier than just looking at the static charts or just looking at the static and just just working for me i don't know it also be completely useless looking at it from this point of view right <laughs> i just got some middle eastern food here from a local lady that's like afghanistani or something that's lunch yeah they like pretty good uh like pretty authentic like oh she's iraqi or afghanistani i don't remember which one pretty, pretty good though so what's bruce up to when will he pump autism autism um i'm not sure what he's doing if you need to let me know is he still on his cruise the usual market dip so it's it's dropped a bit no i don't think he's on a boat anymore okay
Oh, Holy crap, this is a lot of hummus. It's <laughs> a gigantic box of hummus. Almost. Is it hummus? Could you, do you condemn it? Hold up a second, I spilled something. <laughs> Gotta clean it up. I know what he's speaking. No. Did you change your account name again? What are you doing? Who? Is that Bikram? No, I'm not. Oh, what's your name? Decentralized Guru. <sighs> okay. Sounds a bit like Bikram. <clears throat> no, I am not Bikram. I teach yoga. Crypto yoga. Crypto yoga, okay. That's your new thing. Yes, it helps you to pump your token. So one of your retards going to pump the injective token. I thought it was going to go up. It works in every token. Just you have to book the classes. So did you, do you have like a group of like a hundred Indian token chillers or something? Like, how does this work? No, it's just one <laughs> online classes you have to book. Like you have to call 911 and book your seat. You have to call 911 and book classes for injective chili? No, every, every, every type of, it's yoga, you know? It helps you to reach pump your token and you it can bring green candles. Literally any kind of shit tokens if you want, like autism, autism, whatever the shit tokens you want to shield. I will share some mantra and it will manipulate the market. Why don't you create like an India, like a call center with like a hundred little Indian dudes? You know how I know it's Bikram? It took him one not... minute to start talking about manipulation. He literally <laughs> said, he literally was talking about manipulation in crypto. It literally <laughs> took you one minute to give yourself away, Bikram. No, I'm not Bikram. I live in Himalaya. You're not going to manipulate your way out of this with your lies. Yeah, it's like, it's like if you're, it's almost like investigating aliens. Except it's like investigating Schiller cartels. Yeah, he's a specific, like a specimen, you know, like he, he, he's a yeah. shapeshifter. But if, if you know him well enough, you, you'll catch him in any shape. Yeah, he's like he's like a reptile, but he's not. Do you know how hard this is? For the learning yoga, you have to spend 15 years on the top of the Himalaya. With... Mm, like some kind of undergarments, no undergarments, and some kind of YOLO type of dress. With YOLO dress? Yes, yes, YOLO type of dress. And you have to sit there and... and I, I, did, I, did know have, I didn't know they have call centers in the Himalayas. That's insane, man. How's the connection? I'm not Indian. <laughs> oh, not not going to happen. No Himalayan I know has that accent. 
Yeah, I bit him a less like seven times, and I swear to God, no one speaks that way. <laughs> Have you really gone to Himalayas a bunch? Yeah, I was in the pursuit of uh, shapeshifters and Indians, and I can tell you, haven't seen a single Indian there. Really? You went to the Himalayas to, to do what exactly? No, just hiking. Oh, hiking. <laughs> you hike from Himalaya? Yes. Stop lying. You have to spend quite a lot of time to acclimate and whatever. Uh, you can do this training uh, with a special mask, which reduces the oxygen flow. So it looks like a Bane mask. Uh, a lot of athletes use it. Do you uh, use this like at sea level or whatever? And then when you go, you yeah, it, yeah, it can mimic. Yeah, it, it can mimic how much. Do you have it, to wear that the, thing all day? No, I mean that that would be unhealthy. <laughs> you would deprive yourself of oxygen. Uh, well, I mean, you're going to some during workouts. Yeah, 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 true. But you need to, you can kind of gradually build up. So you have different levels depending on the mass. You can, you can build it up. So let's say if you're doing some sort of cardio uh, or exercise and you start doing that, and then there's, let's say you increase the amount of time you're using it per workout. And after some time, you can also increase the different filters on the mask and then you can go in, up in levels. So then your endurance increases. So that's just better to do that, of course, because otherwise, like, uh, there's a high chance that you know so you start fainting or catching your breath, and, and you just ruin it for the whole group. Yeah. You have to go to the hospital. Yeah, you're gonna ruin it for the whole group for sure. Ruins the vibe. Uh-huh. I didn't use any kind of this type of things. I just. Use this my my power, and I reached just in seven days, in the top of Himalaya. It's awesome, man! It's amazing. But even after doing all that, my coins are still going down in price. So probably need to do more. Did you did you say that did you say Gary Gens let's say some kind of bullshit again and the price really dumb and he's saying something like we don't endorse Bitcoin it's a illicit, illicit assets and for the money laundering and it is it is some kind of things then why he approved spot Bitcoin ETF that makes no sense at all you know. Um, you're reading too much Twitter shit, honestly. <laughs> like meaningless stuff. No, I not not Twitter shit. I saw that in the live TV. You know, he just three years ago. He said on the live TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe you take the politicians still serious in India. It's not the case over here in the West. You know, you have the more or less like what decoration. Yeah, nobody listens right. to that shit. Actually, you, you need to sell. Because, you know, you guys are making some kind of totalitarian political leaders. And if you don't raise your voice, and if you guys do not fight with these things, then they will become a dictator, you know? Um, our it's president good. has dementia. He doesn't even know how to tie his own shoelaces. 
We literally have a retard for a president right now. I'm pretty sure he's not. I'm not too worried about him being a totalitarian. <laughs> mm, that, but yesterday they blew up uh, some some sections of Yemen. Did you see the riots in Yemen? Like hundreds of thousands of people marching on the streets or demanding uh, war. Mm. Yeah, they can cry if they want. I think a few cities there need to be blown to oblivion. It's gotten a bit out of control. Like, yeah, but Iran and it's like proxy wars and stuff. The reality is we should just like bomb the living shit out of most of Iran's infrastructure and send it to the Stone Age, probably. Yes. A little bit, but, a little bit more irritation. That's the next step that's going to happen. But I think, you know, Iran is not the issue. These countries are going to fight and this country is going to kill each other like this way. But we don't, you know, the other countries do not follow Iran, but other countries do follow United States of America, you know? Mm-hmm. United States of America is not Iran. So you have to work like the United States of America. You have to attack like a people. United States of America is a country where literally top, you know, the top country in this world and the people, they are the most, most respectable people in this world. So you have to... Americans. Yes, Americans are the most respectable people in this world. And you have to, they are the, United States is not the best nations, you know, but the Americans are the best people. This is why United States of India, United States of America is the number one, because the people have <coughs> the spirit of speech. Are you still trying to prove to us that you're not Indian, but American or something? It's not going to work. Bikram doesn't know what he's talking about half the time. He just said that. Maybe he's, pre- <laughs> he, maybe he's pretending to be American, you know, that he's so patriotic. Like, I don't know. I don't know what his uh, gamble is here, but clearly it's not working. No, no I am not saying that, you know. I am, I'm, a, I'm a believer of, you know, speech. I'm a believer of democracy. Well, interestingly, all my shipper stocks, like the shipping companies that I own stocks in, went up because um, of this, like, the Houthis shooting missiles into the Red Sea. Why would they go up? Because you have to, mm, basically, those, there's a lot of ships that were, like, left dormant because mm, the, the economy has been down, right? Nah, they just... Oh, so now they need them. No, no, now they, they need just, them to go farther. <laughs> yeah, but you know what really happens is they charge double. All my rates went for January went mm-hmm. up like like yep, two. They just charge more. So it's like instead of paying four and a half thousand for a forty feet container going to Greece, I pay like nine thousand right now. Yeah, and without any pre or whatever agreement, they just gave me an update. It's like, yeah, fuck you. You know, it's just more. Well, maybe you can good. hedge your business with Cephi's positions. These are shipping companies. They are the biggest barsters. They hold you hostage. They do. <laughs> they got your stock on their boat, you know. Unless you pay them, they won't unload the shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> the pirates, you know, legal pirates. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. They fucked me over. And, and, and Technically, you give your stuff to them, so they, they're not stealing from you. <laughs> you just have difficulties getting it back. <laughs> You know, we, we the agreements to... are just terrible. 
Yeah, it's like you have no handle there. I mean, we have clients in the US that basically used to ship stuff like for sea and combined rail shipping. So we are Los, Los Angeles, Long Beach to Chicago, I think, to the rail yard for typically like 7K for a 40 feet container. And during COVID, they paid like 25. So it's just like out of nowhere, you know, for months and months and delays and whatnot. So, and they couldn't do anything, right? So shipping companies can make a lot of money in these kind of squeeze situations, much like the oil traders can do a lot, you know, very lucrative. And they do it, you know, they, <laughs> they just wait for these things. They're like, oh, it's Christmas, you know. Anyways. Yeah, the, the only thing these Houthis or whatever are going to do is they're just going to get a bunch of like normal, you know, Yemen civilians killed. Basically, that's pretty much the outcome of this. It's stupid as fuck. Like they're going to achieve absolutely nothing doing this. Like the sheer like <laughs> like ridiculous force of uh, and a lot of that's being like supplied by uh, China and whatever. So it's like a lot of this is just everyone selling missiles and weapons to each other and having fun. Yeah, but who's going to rebuild these countries, you know? Who's... There, nobody's going to rebuild them, which is why, like, the Middle East has been the Stone Age for a thousand years. Yeah. People are going to, going to run from this, from this country and going to become an yeah, immigrant. Of Middle the... Eastern countries, like, generally, like, a vast majority, unless you have, like, clear-cut, um, you have, like, clear-cut, um, like, extra oil, to sort of like pay other people to build shit. Like the vast majority of Middle Eastern companies, countries have been run um, <clears throat> quite incompetently over a very long period of time. So it's like, there's, a, there's an extensive amount of like excess interest in religious dogma and like spending a lot of time, like, like in Saudi Arabia, for example, I think like half the degrees or something are religious degrees as yes. opposed to particularly useful. And, um, so it's just breathtaking levels of incompetence um, in the Middle East. Like it's just the, the yeah. countries are run very poorly by their own yeah. people. It's not the and like it's easy to blame. Like oh, it's Europe's fault or it's America's fault. No, it fucking isn't. If it no, wasn't no. for like if it wasn't for Pennsylvania oil discoveries and the like discovery of oil refining by Americans, the Middle East would only have like ten percent of its population today. Yes. Like that's just that's a fact. Like ninety percent of something. Middle Eastern people wouldn't even be alive today if it wasn't for Western, like, um, like petrochemical mm -hmm. inventions, essentially. Yeah, for the inventions. But yeah, the, just, for like, sure, ninety percent of all Middle Easterns wouldn't be alive today. You have to be thankful that they make so many. No, it's true. Absolutely true. This is because... fact, and so like the reality is like there's there's been plenty of time for the Middle East to sort of like um, do much much better in terms of like science technology. And um, there's been way too much emphasis on nonsense. Um, like religious karma, religious bullshit, you know? I, 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 yeah. I know these things, how these things are. Do you know, a few days ago, something happens, I want to share these incidents. Mm -hmm. So do you know that the revenge porn app, something like face swap, and <laughs> okay. one woman, yes, one, one Muslim woman, and the Muslim culture is totally, you know, they don't have, they don't give the power to the woman and freedom to the woman. And some some kind of pervert bullshit, and changes her face to a porn star, and she shared that on this porn website, like a porn hub or something like that. And and some religious guys killed that woman. 
for nothing literally just swap the face from a porn star and making a porn fake porn yeah when you and, when you basically are dealing with savages that's what happens pretty much yes. so ai is going to be very easy like good like easy to manipulate lots of people with by the way like that's just one example there's going to be a lot more you have to be a complete moron to sort of like behave in this manner um and there's a lot of morons out there in the world like not just in any one country but like generally don't get me started you know yeah it's gonna be like quite the drama with ai coming yeah but you know what sefi you know the stupid thing is about the morons like you you're talking about savages on the one end but we have people like because we are so well off we have morons that care about these kind of super stupid things and over exaggerate everything because they don't have anything to do with their life it's kind of impressive you know no there's there's a lot of that too yeah but like yeah there's savagery on every end obviously but like when it comes to um yeah like just like iran's strategy for future growth it's just silly basically um have more kids well at least they supply kids to the world yeah this is why this is why we need this is why we need internet privacy and this is why the privacy is important you know this internet can kill innocent moments without any reason Wait, 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 wait. Bikram was talking about privacy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very suspicious. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it's interesting. Like I don't these like um these like various interesting rebels and things. A lot of it is like Iran's interested in um like ginning up chaos in the area. So they basically hand a bunch of dudes in Yemen. A bunch of weapons and claim they try to you know tell them oh you have injustice from somebody or another and then those guys will go and just start you know shooting missiles here and there and really like it's going to benefit that group practically zero all it's going to do is kill generations of their of their men or whatever to achieve essentially nothing um and you'll still be poor and stupid just the same like there's nothing will change when you do this like all that you'll have is a bunch of gigantic bombs dropped on your head a bunch of like you'll waste a bunch of money. Like if Iran spent all that money that they're wasting on this nonsense on just like increasing maybe universities, maybe putting more technical institutes in place or something, you know, they could have been like the Middle East could have really done a lot in terms of like software engineering by now, similar to how like, um, you know, India has gone this route and stuff. Could have done this a long time ago, instead focused on nonsense. And this is what happens. Really what it's an admission of, it's an admission that your your population's imbeciles and low IQ, and therefore the only out the only avenue you have is to do these things. So the smart people, you're you're like smart people know this from a million miles away. You can recognize a sim- civilization of morons really, really easily, unfortunately, and it's just factually like that's just what it is. Yeah, but if you, I, these I, are, the, I these are how you compensate for being stupid. One thing in Europe yes. and in the US, we had to fight our in- independence wars a couple of generations back, right? Oh yeah, 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 for sure. So, but here's the thing: like that. when in the Middle East, when independence is is fought for, it never really turns out very well either. So even like they have the religion, you know. I mean, yeah, the, the theocracy like, usually ruin everything. There's, we got rid of that first in Europe, you know. We got rid of the Catholic Church in the Thirty Years' Wars there, where thirty five percent of the European population yeah, like, died off. You can't simultaneously claim to be like. Um, you can't simultaneously be claimed to be like um, maybe like hindered by technological societies 
while at the same time, your own society spends most of its time on, let's say, religious endeavors or other nonsense, like, then you're going to be behind. Like, it's that simple. Like, for example, if if everybody decides, you know what, we're going to make the most important, um, we're going to make the most important industry in America, we're going to make it um, Hollywood, let's say, right? And everyone goes to school to become an actor, and everyone wants to make great movies, right? What's going to happen? Well, you're not going to like create new technology, or you won't, you're not going to create new medicine, you're not going to create whatever. And um, that sort of like misaligning of like uh, resources would lead to a bad outcome. And that would be your own fault. And and it's not to say that the U.S. is a good example, has not done a lot of stupid shit. Like, like we have like, um, we could put medals on the wall of stupid shit that have been done here. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, but like, there are orders of magnitude differences, though, between civilizations and how stupid their shit is. Um, from the perspective of like, especially from this perspective, like economic growth and like. Yeah. I, I think prosperity. as ideologies involved into some decision making it always turns out sour you know that's one thing yeah especially for, particularly for like um if you're trying to achieve like some base level of like um like freedom and base level of um quality of life for your population there's certain things you just have to do and, and um and uh and some countries will do it well for a while and then fuck it up later that's possible too um so these things come in waves a little bit but yeah it's like a ஆப்சூட்லிங்ஸ்ட்ரீம்ஸ்ட்ரீம்ஸ்ட்ரீம்ஸ்ட்ரீம்ஸ்ட்ரீம்ஸ்ட்ரீம்ஸ்ட்
Because Indians from India are scamming everyone in the world. <laughs> yeah, that's a different thing. <laughs> but Indians who had it's enough like brain to go stuff. abroad, they, they try to do normal lives. But when you have phone calls or discords or Twitter spaces, usually those are the scammers. You know, It's very easy to spot. So there's a big difference. Yeah. Right. No, no Indians in the U.S. are, are faring quite well. Um, yeah, income-wise. Like, I would say... Like take for example, my wife as a woman, she probably has, she's in the probably the top point zero 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 one percent of all women on the planet as far as income. I would say. Is she Indian? Yeah. Uh, so, like she was born in the U.S. or born in India? Born in India, yeah. So yeah, I would say like income wise, she's definitely at, at for as she's like at the top of the list as far as women in general. And in like, if you look globally, for sure, then, but I would say she's in the like top 0.1% of women earners, probably in the US, I would say something like that 0.1%. Yeah, probably. Um, anyway, but yeah, it's like, but Indians do quite well here, generally speaking. That's why Sefi always talks about retiring, you know, just a heads up, guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, could retire, I could retire long ago. I could retire 20 years ago. Oh. <laughs> like, I'm just not interested. What, what, what are you going to do if you retire? Like, when you sit around and look at the ceiling? I mean, it's fun hanging out here for a while, like, when I'm not working. But, like, you know, doing nothing all day, every day is kind of boring. You got to have something active keeping your mind going. Yeah. You can retire when you're dead, as I say. Yeah, it's, it's, it's best when you make your profession your hobby, you know. So, I couldn't yeah, imagine. I don't, I, don't know if it's my, I don't know if it's my hobby. I'm just saying, like, um, you know, your life should have purpose. Like, what, what are you going to do? Like, look at the ceiling? play what just simply play the playstation all day long i mean what were you fucking retarded or something <laughs> like you gotta be like you have to, like doing something societally productive is makes sense i think but yeah. but again that's like in our dna too like this is the thing like if you look at indians in general like um um like indian people don't usually like um spend like my mother-in-law was the same way like you don't really spend a lot of time sitting around like do a lot of work like, like and and your level of income has little to do with how much work you do like people from the very bottom all the way to the very top generally work a lot so and they are really, really really cheap you know if they earn 100 dollars they will spend a maximum 10 dollars per month and 90 dollars going to the savings that's the indian culture that's pretty typical that's correct like if you know some indians like locally here like Say, for example, I know a guy that like owns like um, he started his parents started in the U.S. like maybe in the probably in the 70s, maybe 80s, 80s, I think. And they started out with like, you know, a little small motel in a small town. And, uh, you know, it's the small hotels that, you know, you it's not like the big Hiltons or whatever, but the, like the small motels started with that. And then they just basically lived there. So they would use one of their the, you know the little apartments in the motel as a place to live. And so they really wouldn't have any living expenses in a sense, almost. And then they would just, their family would work it. The husband, the wife, I guess, whoever. And then now that there's like their second generation, their kids. Now um, this guy basically, um, um, he uh, has built, he's constructed new hotels and he, he constructs them for like four or $5 million. And then he'll sell them fairly quickly, he kind of flip them. And he was doing that for a number of years. And then they own a few hotels. So now, like, they're basically, they don't have any real debt or anything. So they, they operate debt-free. 
And um, they have all these properties with a lot of cash flow. And um, like, but if you look at what kind of cars they drive, they typically will drive like Honda Accord or, you know, like a, what a, like a, like a Toyota Camry or something, something that really requires no work, no maintenance. It's not showy. It's not gaudy. It's like, uh, and of course, like they're spending almost no money on random bullshit. So the fact that they're going to be, um, that his next generation will be building gigantic, you know, hotels downtown is highly likely, right? Cause you're not wasting any money. And the parents usually don't waste any money. And the parents usually will pay for all of their kids, college, education, everything. Like there's no such thing as like, okay, son, you're leaving the house and you're going to go and like get a job and you're going to get a loan or whatever. Fuck that. Indians don't do any of this stuff. Only poor people do that stuff. That's a white people thing for the most part, right? Like that's, that's what white people do. And like Indian people, what they do is they go and like, they'll pay for all of their, um, you know, kids' colleges, uh, master's education, professional school, you name it, like it gets covered and they will work until that is all covered. So they'll work till 60, 65, 70, however long it takes or until they're dead. Really, honestly, most people don't even retire. They just simply keep working unless they have to retire because of like health reasons or something. And so their productive lifespans long. Um, usually if you're in the upper classes of Indians, the other difference is, is that most don't do too much like smoking and drinking. Um, and therefore like their lifespans tend to be longer, um, because they're not messing around too much. Right. Um, and definitely like the amount of crimes committed by Indians in the United States is really low. I mean, we're talking about probably like you know, 0.1% of crime or some shit. So like the odds you're going to have a family that's not going to do well is, you know, is, is really low. So this is, this is the thing. Like, so it's like a recipe for success. And then on top of that, like you're not like families, oftentimes uh, parents will live with, um, with kids and stuff. So you're not buying, you know, another house and another apartment and paying somebody else for all that shit. You have a lot more like um, estate within the family because you're not, it's not very as nuclear of a family. Um, it's a little bit more so in the U.S. I would say than it would be like in India or something, but definitely less nuclear and more likely to sort of work together and stuff, and um, you know, cooperate in such a way that you it's like has a multi generational value generation. So, like you know, you might have your work mutual, you might have your mutual funds and your insurance policies and everything else, and so everyone's always like set up everything perfectly, so that if something yeah. bad happens to a parent, like it's going to work out fine. How you know these all these things? Mm, I mean, no, my wife is Indian, so <laughs> <laughs> no. If it, it, it's need deeply research, you know. So how yeah. many times you came in came in India? You know, visited India or live in India? So I've been. There I think it, yes, yeah. you research research a lot about Indians, and it is exactly you know that is really accurate. Not, not just, just not just research. My wife's. Uh, Uncle is uh, was a Supreme Court justice of the country. Yes, you said that. I get that things. Yeah. You know, do you so, don't have to mention that with this. No, but my point is like, it, no, but it's not like I don't have just a little bit of understanding about India. I have quite a lot, like in that sense. Um, I mean, just because other people in this space may not know that. But anyway, the the thing is like, uh, yeah, with with um, like, and this is true, for example, of people from the Middle East in the United States too. By the way, Middle Easterners in the United States are generally very successful compared to those that are sitting back home in their home countries where the politics and the, the other things do not favor technological people. So like if I, people that I've trained that are from Iran, people that I've trained that are from Iraq, 
from pretty much every Middle Eastern country you can imagine. I have had um, people I've trained and um, they find it much more easy to be successful in the U.S. than it is to in their home countries, for sure. Um, Go ahead. Hey, JP. Hey, Afrian, what's up? How to get a green card. <laughs> what's that? <laughs> How to get a green card. To live in oh, green card. Um, geez, I, I think you, these days you, you have to just go to the southern border and walk over. Nobody's getting a green card anymore. <laughs> just like, you, 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 have to, you have to buy a few Zephyrs for that. You know, you will get automatically green card. <laughs> These days, people are just walking across the border. I don't know who's applying for anything. It's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> to do a sex change and marry to a left leftist person, you're going to get a green card very fast. That's in the in, in US, yeah, you'll get it immediately. Like you'll tick all that the boxes. Option, what you're going to do is you're going to claim that you want to turn into a woman. And in your do home not, country, do not promote immigration. You know this is not no, true. You, no, you tell the you tell the home you tell them that in your home country you're going to be killed for it, and then they'll give you asylum and you can show up. No, you have to fight for your country, brother. You cannot run away from your country. Like I didn't run away from my country. I can go to America and live there, but you have to fight for your country, brother. You cannot yeah, make this country. But if that's the case, like you have to be doing a lot for your country, not just a little bit. You'd have to spend your life doing that. So um, the the problem is like in a lot of countries, the, the politics is just too corrupt, um, even more so than it is in like in the US, even though our, our politics, every country has shit politics, by the way. But some are worse than others in terms of like the the effect it has on growth in the country. So, for example, if you go to a lot of countries and you're like, I want to start a business there, right? I want to start a business in India or I want to start a business in Bangladesh or something. It's just ridiculously difficult for some outsider to come instead of a business doing anything. So the capital flow coming into these countries is going to be limited because it's so hard to run a damn business there without the, all the different governments you have to bribe and whatever. Um, my wife has a cousin who like wanted to go into mining in, uh, he was like, I don't remember what he was mining, manganese or some shit like in India. And it's like been 10 years ago, he started this project. And it was like, he bought the land from somebody, spent a whole bunch of money, took borrowed money. And it took like, I don't know, like five years to get some sort of permit. First, he had to bribe people and he lost his money because the bribes, the dude didn't follow through. And, um, and then eventually, like, I think they finally got the thing together and they've spent crazy amount of money. He had to work the last 10 years of his life. Um, doing other stuff in order to pay for the loans he took out to get this thing together. And it's just to dig a hole in the ground and get some minerals out of it. It's like ridiculous. Like, so the reality is like a lot of countries have really, really shitty infrastructure and um, like the population almost deserves to be poor because they allow the political incompetence to happen. India is a great example of this. Like, and Indians have a very hard time doing anything about it, unfortunately. Like it's been pretty bad. And bread is, yes, is always part of it, is it? The bribe part is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Most of these countries have like a lot of bribing infrastructure, um, you know, whatever. But I mean, they it happens in the US too. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's not like there's some, you know, no crime happens here, but it's the magnitude and how, you know, how common it is. Like, you know, the, the amount of extra money you have to have, like in India, to sort of make it is really, really terrible, right? Like, correct me, Bikram, if I'm wrong here, but like, let's say you don't have very much money in India. You're on the lower class or lower caste or something. 
it is really difficult because number one, it's costs a lot to go to school and do things. But even then the cost of land and property is so expensive now. It's very difficult to get move up in the world. Yes, because you know, inflation is rising every year, and and, yes. if, and the amount of unemployment is hiking so fast. And this is why, whenever you go, you want to see every seat and every place is reserved, and there is no place for work, so you cannot work there. And this is why these capitalists, I mean, capitalists, not capitalists, and these corporate whales and this billion dollar billion dollar some entrepreneurs and what they are doing they are which are organizing some kind of modern day slavery you know they are paying them like 200 dollar per month and they are taking 50 hours of week services yeah and pretty, pretty common. <laughs> even even software engineers like um for example i have uh, my wife's uh Family member works. I think he worked at Infosys for a while in some different places. And he's like, "Wow, yeah. Narayan Kishnamurti, the father of Rishi Shonak, you know, was a grand grandfather, yeah. you know, was a father in law." Like, you look at how many hours they work, though, and you look at, um, like, you know, just the sheer, um, what's the best way to say it? Like, if you look at the number of hours they work for what they get paid. It's uh way different than what you get number of hours you work in the US for the same thing. Yes. Narayan Kishnamutri is a he's a fucking bullshit guy and he's saying Indians have to work 70 hours per week to get a high income. And like you know Indians are oh, well, not 70 is low man. Like a lot of guys work way more than 70. Yes. I mean they're they probably are... working 100 hours a week. And they, he he you he's... got 70? I got 50 a week. 50 hours or how many hours you work uh, about eight times six about what is it 54 hours hours 48. yeah a lot of folks though like if they're working in it industry for example they're working late into the night they come home late and then they go ho or work yes. early in the morning some yes. people some people are working eight hour weeks yeah for sure eight hours a week a day and this Narayan Kishnamurti is the father-in-law of Rishi Shonak, the UK president. And he's saying Indians are not good in workers and they are not hardworking, hardworking guys. And they have to work some kind of 70 hours per week to get good income. And this is why, you know, they are organizing some modern day slavery. You can see because of this high labor market, labor market is uh, so full of you know demand, and you can see there is lots of unemployment and lots of cheap labors out there, and these companies are taking opportunity, and this is why we have no option for income. And if you say something like if you raise your voice, they will fire you from the work, and this is exactly what is happening, and this is why we need some freedoms, and we need some you know inspirations from the countries like the Western countries and things are going on. Like you can see, you, you guys are fighting for Bitcoin ETF. <laughs> and finally, Bitcoin ETF is approved. And this is a really big thing. You know, I am not saying about the Bitcoin or cryptocurrency, but fighting with the governments and fighting with these things and some kind of, the, what, what is it, Gary Gensler. And he don't want to approve Bitcoin ETF, but he have to approve Bitcoin ETF because of the people. You know, this is some kind of win for the freedom of speech, and this is win of people.
and this kind of things need in my countries also agnebri type of country also otherwise they will become a dictator one day you know not now but after two or three years they will become a dictator uh, in my information can you uh, give the information about exchange that can we can use in india because uh, the news says no for binance or nine central maxi yes 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 in indian Yes, they ban everything, and you have to use VPN. You know, you have to use VPN, and so you can um, access to that. And otherwise, and they will, you will not get something like that. All downloads or every kind of things. They are monitoring your activities, and they ban this thing from the internet service providers and Apple stores and the Play stores. Don't have these centralized exchanges like Binance and others, and you have to use VPNs and. You you can go to the site. Access, uh, centralized decentralized exchange or Cosmos maybe. You yeah. can. The prop the problem is not getting access to that. The problem is how do you get your cash in? Oh, right. Like how do you take I your see, actual cash to buy? That's a trick. That's the trick. I see. I see. I see. Sir. Some people, what they do is they'll, um, like, I don't know. It's always a thing when you're trying to transfer money from, like, India to the U.S. Um, some people will be like, well, if you need to come on vacation in India or whatever, here, here's, you know, X number of rupees. And then, like, here, you'll, you'll exchange for a certain number of dollars. And instead of, like, paying that person in dollars, you would just basically, like, they would just pay you in, you know, you know, Bitcoin or something and, uh, and get it that way. But even that, like transfers of large amounts out of the U.S. are also being monitored now, like 10,000 plus transactions and stuff. So that can be, a, that's going to become trickier too. Yeah, agree. It's hard. like an interesting thing that my wife does is like, so she has like some property mm, in India that she gets some rental um, rental money from. And so what she does with that is she takes that rental money. She does two things. One is she'll just buy like gold and jewelry and stuff with it. So that like um, she just uses it up that way. And then the second way she is that she'll hire, um, like last year we hired a um, like travel agent from India. And basically what happens is, is they, like take the money from that she pays them and they create hotels and stuff in europe and whatever and then we go travel there and uh, spend the money like that so yeah different tactics to to move money around to move money from and to indian yeah it depends on which direction you're trying to move money it's like going into or out of a country it depends but yeah they, they've made um crypto for some reason very difficult for people in india which I'm not exactly sure what the purpose of that is, since like a substantial portion of the crypto industry is actually Indian. Um, like if you talk to teams like, uh, for example, um, what? let me give you some examples. There was some, um, mm, there's like a staking solution on Ethereum. What's their name? Um, they were on Terra before. Damn it, I can't remember their name. Um, I think Leap. I think Leap Wallet is actually Indians as well. And I think like... Um, Omniflix, the blockchain, is an Indian group. Um, 
some Indians like osmosis sunny agarwal from india is like sunny is um he lives in the u.s though and he has uh he created the osmosis exchange so there's a lot of indians in crypto he's in california he moved to austin now but he was in california before but he's an indian guy yeah but like but there's actually quite a few Indian nationals who are running different projects too. There was another project for like sports betting, not sports betting, uh, like um, fantasy sports type of thing um, called Fury, Fan Fury, I believe it's called. That was all Indians. So I've talked to a lot of teams in India building crypto shit. Yeah, it's really Darknet. kind of funny how. In hmm? Darknet, there is a 70% Indians. In the Darknet? <laughs> I would imagine so. No, Starknet, the Mematic Starknet. Oh, Starknet, okay, okay. Yeah, so the Indian government has made it very difficult to do any kind of crypto anything, mm. mostly in the name of supposed consumer protection or whatever. But really, it's not really great for the industry because, um, like, you're just basically just finding one more way to make Indians poor, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like. Because a lot of the folks like are not necessarily going to be in it because they are buying and selling coins. A lot of people are actually making projects, and um, it's like net positive for the Indian economy essentially, for that money to be flowing yes. into those projects. Which well, you know, right now our politicians, you know, the running, which ruling government, and the business structure is some kind of monopolies. And you can you want to see five or six billionaires out there, and they are in top. 10 billionaire, uh, top 10 richest person in this world. You know, like you can say Adani, you want to say third, world third richest, richest man, the, something like Adani. And he invented nothing. He just manipulated the Indian market and he's paying some kind of good amount to the government politicians and he's taking, out, taking away our <coughs> money from our regular people. And in citizens, in all the citizens, and he's just a scammer, but he's a third richest person in 2023. So this is why, you know, the two or three companies running entire nation. And this kind of structure is killing all the startups and everything that they don't want to. This is why this, this is a crypto. They found this crypto is illicit and they found this crypto, other things, money laundering, everything. But I am believe me, the stat is totally different. Banks are the main, main instrument for the terror, terror finance, money laundering. It is, it is all the criminals' activities. Bank, banks are the main. Hey, Sheffy, how's it going? What's up? Um, yeah, been, been been seeing your tweets, man. Um, yeah, dude, Zef, Zef's looking really, Zef's looking good. I, I personally think that. Um, we get 15 before we go any higher kind of looks like it wants to come a little bit lower before going higher but it's it's a pretty definitely a pretty exciting project the only thing is like it's so annoying trying to buy i've been trying to i've been buying usdt they're <laughs> buying usdt on yeah it's not uh all the 1725 is where it is now is like pretty close yeah i know um yeah will, will it drop to like 12 or something i don't yeah. know i'm not sure yeah that, might, that could be a stretch but i think i think a, a sweep of 15 it looks like it looks doable it looks like I think like usually we'll, we'll probably sell off a little bit. On it'll, the it'll be like a double bottom if it does. Yeah, exactly. And um, I don't know. Do you have any suggestions for, I've been buying USDT on Coinbase and they, mm -hmm. you know, just I was, I was buying it and like, I was able to send it to my, to my wallet on safe trade. But as of recently, like they're now making all my USDT not available 
until like eight days from now, and I'm trying to buy like within the next one or two days. Um, any any work Yeah, the reason that? that's happening is because you don't have enough on Coinbase. Interesting. So one thing I always do is I always leave some stuff on Coinbase, um, and the reason is because then I can settle quickly. Oh, I see. Right. So like if like let's say for example you have zero on Coinbase and you import you you do like a ten thousand dollar transfer from your bank. I'm just making this mm -hmm. up. And um, then they'll they'll give you that eight seven or eight day waiting period because it's not settled. But let's say you have a hundred k on Coinbase, and now you imported ten k, um, they'll let you send out that ten k immediately because you 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 don't have because you are you're good for the money basically. That's right? yeah, man. That's so frustrating. That's why I, I've been I bought some yeah. Cubic and then I maxed out my USDT and when I, when I was trying to buy Zef, I. I literally, I'm waiting eight fucking days, so I'm, I'm like foamwing harder now, just hoping that it doesn't <laughs> yeah. fucking run on me over the weekend, but we'll see. Yeah, the other thing to do is like always have like a stash of something really liquid, like Atom or something, that you can send anywhere to any exchange for any purpose, uh -huh. cheaply, and then you just have that waiting and you buy those on the dips, and then that way when it's up, you can always buy whatever you want. Mm. So that's what I tend to do as well. I use Atom as like money Interesting. to some extent. Interesting. Cool. Yeah, no, thank, thanks for the... Because Adam's on, Adam's on pretty much every exchange, right? So it's like, you, it's it's an easy one to move. Interesting. Do you think, I'm not, I, I was thinking of trying this right now. I'm not sure if it'll work, but I, mm. I can't send out the USDT from my Coinbase, but I probably can convert it to BTC. I don't know if like converting to BTC means that I'll be able to send it, but I don't want to like lose on the fees and then take an L. Um, but No, it's not going to let you send it. If it's, if it's a, what you're describing on Coinbase, that's a... That's a problem with um, settlement. Interesting. And okay. no, you won't be able to. You won't be able to get around it. Like, so yeah, people are stuck with like pretty much what you could do generally is like you can use Coinbase as basically a bank account to some extent because mm -hmm. if you leave USDC on there, it earns like five percent yield right mm -hmm. now, and that's like real yield in the sense that they just they have stick it in the money market mm -hmm. and they pay you the yield. Mm -hmm. um, so they're giving you a very similar yield to a CD or uh, to a like um a money market yeah. account like fidelity yeah. so really like it makes sense to keep a chunk there as opposed to your bank account which gives you almost nothing that's true that's a very that's so a very and then you don't have this settlement pro you don't have the settlement problem anymore and um, that's very true coinbase has been pretty safe over the years too so i think it's yeah. fine to do that yeah but. at this point if coinbase went under like then we're all mega fucked but coinbase is like the <laughs> yeah the other thing about coinbase though you have to keep in mind is i don't believe um I don't. I think depending on what asset you have on there, I think if you have USD on there, I believe it's FDIC insured. Mm. But if it's in USDC, it's not necessarily insured. So you have to be aware oh, so of that. Oh, that's the difference like, between T and C. No, if, if it's USD, oh, okay. like just regular dollars on Coinbase, I believe it's insured by Manhattan Bank. I believe. Okay. Because uh, it's basically in a bank account on Coinbase. I believe it's Manhattan National. Okay. But if you convert it to USDC and make the yield, it is technically not FDIC insured. But this is also true if you're like in Fidelity Money Market mm -hmm. and you have your like cash in a brokerage account, it's not officially FDIC secured. So you need to be on a secure like um, Coinbase has been pretty legit company. Yeah. I don't think you're going to have a problem with it necessarily as far as like even during the the, the big crash, like Manhattan Bank was the banker for Voyager mm -hmm. Digital. and um, and uh like at least the manhattan bank piece of it was always secured yeah. um so i think you're okay but like if you if people don't know that trick like if you leave usdc on coinbase you will and you leave your dollars in there you'll wind up with um 
the 5% interest rate, but also if you want to send out USDC cheap, send it out via Arbitrum instead of Ortron or some shit. Mm. Don't use um, Ethereum. Yeah, Ethereum fees are, I've noticed, no, they're, they're not the best. Yeah, so USDC, so you can get the, you can get the, um, the, the, like, now some exchanges don't accept USDC though. That's a different problem. They only accept Tether. Or like you'll go to that exchange and they don't, ex- they don't actually have trading pairs in USDC. You'll have to swap it to Tether and then pay again. Yeah. So think about like where you're sending it to. And then um, I believe, um, I could be mistaken, but I think on Coinbase you can convert from USDC to Tether for free, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, Check it I think for my safe trade account, I have to send Tether USDT. So I, that's kind of mm-hmm. what I have to do for my release to buy Zeph. But on the bright side, I can at least buy Link on, on Robinhood, which is like fuck clutch. So. Safe trade is like, I don't know, it seems kind of a sketchy account. Like MexC might be the easier one to use. But you I think know, I should, you think I should transfer out of safe trade? No, I'm kind of concerned. Well, I wouldn't leave any coins on it. Yeah, um, I have to, if you've got Zephyr or something, I would definitely send them to, you, to the wallet. For sure. Oh yeah, uh, this, uh, I don't want to take too much time. That's the last thing I was going to ask. I'm like, I'm, I'm. I usually trade, you know, forex and futures. I don't really trade crypto like that. But I've been looking at the uh-huh, charts, uh-huh. and it looks like it looks good right now for like a, a good run in 2024. So I've been trying to get familiar with the space and how to buy and shit. But um, yeah, yeah. Do you recommend that? Because obviously, you know, I'm in the, I'm in, I'm in the U.S. and I can't. Um, they're kind of, you know, like shunning, shunning out a lot of accounts. And I, I've heard of Mexi. Yeah, use a, use a VPN. It's use fine. a Mexi for V. Okay, I'll probably make my Mexi account with yeah. VPN. So like what we've, like if you already have a VPN, use it. If not, like um, what I'd recommend is a couple of things. One is make yourself an email account um, through something like ProtonMail, which is a, basically an email that's anonymous through Switzerland. Okay. So everyone should have a Proton Mail account, and then you can use like you can make a uh, like a fake Proton Mail receiving account from there to supply to Mexi, and you can get in that way. That way, it's like not connected to you at all. Like they don't know who you are or what. Nothing. Yeah, that's that was a concern of mine. I'm like, I was always like the paranoia in me was like, imagine like you know we're yeah, we're, so. we're doing Mexi and like you're trying to like you make all these gains and then you're trying to transfer back to your Coinbase to cash out. Like, are they? Like, how does that work? Like, is that going to be like a problem in the future, do you think? Or is there like no, no trace? No, not necessarily. But again, you don't leave anything on the exchange. Buy what you want, get it, send yeah. it back to send it to your wallet. To your wallet. What type of wallet? Hold on, Bikram. He can't hear. Um, I've been um, like, so for, for Zephyr, there's only one wallet. It's basically the, um, if you go to wallet.zephyrprotocol.com, it'll, that's the web wallet. You can use that. It'll give, you can make a seed phrase and, It'll give you like a login file that you save on your desktop and you save that cool. stuff. Okay, so buy on Mexi and send to that Zet to that Zet wallet. That Zet yeah, wallet. it's like a yeah, okay. it's, a hard, it's a software wallet, but yeah, you, it's it's fine. That's what I'll I do. do that. Dude, thank you so much. Yeah, don't leave stuff on the exchanges. It's not necessary. Like, you know, uh, yeah, you never leave crypto on exchanges. It's just a bad idea. It's a bad idea. Yeah. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. I'll, I'll do that. I'll try to figure that out. Coin, Coinbase, so I think you're okay with leaving stuff on there. I think you'll be fine. Um, all these other foreign ones that are like highly debatable. <laughs> so uh, Coinbase has been shown to be secure over like the last ten years or whatever, so it's been fine. Are you and are you holding Zef currently then on your on your Zef wallet then? Yes, yes, for sure. Okay, all of it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you'll you'll, you'll just keep to save your seed phrase and then um, like don't leave that seed phrase laying around on your computer or whatever. Just write it down, and you should be fine. Oh, oh, but- uh, by the way, just for the record, it's not Sefi's wallet. Huh? It's his 
friend's wallet. Oh, there's an app. Yeah, the app on the App Store is an easy one to use too. Just get the Zephi wallet, Z-E-P-H-I-I. And that that's a pretty secure way to do it too, as instead of doing it on the desktop. Actually, the phone one's more secure in some ways. You said it's called Zephi wallet with two I's. Yeah, Z-E-P-H-I-I. Just like my name, except with a Z at the beginning. So, Dude, is this your wallet? Are you scamming me right now? No, like the the <laughs> wallet was created by uh, Dimitri Dimitri. He named it after me because I was talking about Zephyr a lot. Kind of funny. Interesting. No, I don't. I didn't code the thing. Well, and the Zephyr protocol team actually retweeted it, so they they approve of the code or whatever. Dude, how can I trust this, bro? No, nah, I'll just trust it. <laughs> yeah, don't trust me. I don't know. Or if you, any doubts about it, though, use the go to the wallet.zephyrprotocol.com. That's the other way to do it. But all the D, okay. DMT, what he did was he just created like the a community wallet and he just copied the code from the original wallet and he made an iPhone thing out of it. Pretty cool. Much. When you, then when you want to, let's say when the time comes to where you want to sell your Zeph, mm-hmm. how do you, would you send that Zeph from your Zeph protocol wallet back to Mexi yep. and then sell it? And then from there send to your Coinbase? Yes. You'd sell to like Tether or whatever. Yeah. Okay, cool. Dude, thank you so much. I really appreciate yep. it. Yeah, that's what we all do. Pretty much, it's pretty straightforward. That's pretty common just, for like any like smaller changes, a, things you can't just buy. Just one thing: don't do it all in one batch. Just nibble. Just try it with one smaller transaction. Yeah, no, so I'll verify. Different. I'm always paranoid, so I'll always do like yeah. Make sure you yeah, make sure you know exactly what you're doing and all that. But it works. It works well. Sounds works good. Well. Use a small amount first if everything goes smooth. Sounds <laughs> good. Let's ride this. Let's ride this to uh, one thousand. Uh, one thousand a coin, bro. Fuck it. Yeah, like 400 a coin is a billion market cap. So a uh, thousand a coin would be like right around Monero's market cap. Yeah, it's like coming from Monero. It's coming from Monero. Close to 3 billion. So it's Dude, it's right. feasible. It could get there in theory. Like cool, it depends. Cool, cool. Yeah. But I buy some link on Robinhood today too. Fuck it. <laughs> all right. All right, man. All right, have n- a good one. Nice talking to you. Peace out. Yep. Catch you later. Um, all right, guys. I think I'm going to break my, I think my brother's dropping by here and uh, we'll catch up later. Um, sure, everyone, nice everyone, thing. everyone, grab yourself some of these dips somewhere. <laughs> Watch for these. Good. I also get blue tick. <laughs> what now? And you can see my blue tick on my name, so I'm a real, real person. You know? Oh, you're a real person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Okay, man. All right, catch you later, guys. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality, stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt. We rape and plunder the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets, dead ends, dragging out the max amount of pain. Payments, red down days, got them acting all bankless. Yo, fam, what? Check these token knocks. They probing this bear, flexing broken knots. I had to lay my soul down. I'm just roasting knots, and then to end a long day, eleven bowls of chronic. Never known the politic. I was born to frolic. It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot. We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top. We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom. Over the impossible loss, it's all moss, and I'm liking the odds. Fond doing the morning, forming mycological. Bonds. Click the cap, yo, the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served
trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace stacked in non-toxic just to get a better place smacking on the hostage like the shit is played for keeps clowns white knight and all these maybellines they call it implausible when model after model keeps on ripping off the coat and going full throttle eats tearing apart your community all these low-hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity got a planet in reach coming standard to each i'm on the back 10 stargazing after the siege commanding all the management to grab a few seats and then we'll round up the beast and send a messenger east y'all better sign a release when i'm bumping these beats hands up if i got motherfuckers drumming the streets yo we got a few dubs we got a couple defeats and if you're coming for the king you better have some of each motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in jersey what could be worse misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the verbs i'll be numbing up first before discovering what works and we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt we rape and plunder the earth say and wonder about the worth and play ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Terror spaces.